Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Today, I am joined by Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys Podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not much. Uh, ready to talk about some uh, potential candidates quote-unquote visiting with the Cowboys, yeah. uh, if that's what we're calling it with the Zoom calls. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're starting to get some names of some guys that the Cowboys uh, are at least meeting with. You know, it's it's going to be a little bit more difficult this year to kind of gauge their interest level uh, because they're actually not limited to just 30 player visits like in previous years. Uh, they can interview as many people as they want. They just can't talk to them more than three times a week. Uh, so you'll probably see a wide range of names, uh, you know, kind of just meeting with the Cowboys. Uh, one guy that we're not going to talk about, it's like DeAndre Swift, the running back from Georgia. I, I can't really see any scenario in which the Cowboys draft him, but because they have the opportunity to meet with so many guys, why not talk to DeAndre Swift? It's very likely he could go to somebody inside the division or the conference. Might as well just meet with him and see what kind of person he is. And then maybe down the road, if he becomes a free agent or a trade target, at least you have some kind of connection with him. So that kind of stuff is happening a little bit more than usual. Uh, today, Landon, we're going to go through you know three or four names uh, of some guys that could potentially be targets. Uh, and let's start with Oklahoma linebacker Kenneth Murray. Um, you know, we've heard some whispers over the last month or so that the Cowboys really like Murray. Uh, they love his personality, and he could potentially be a sleeper pick at number seventeen. What do you think about the Cowboys uh, having interest in Kenneth Murray? You know, I I think. It, the thing that's bringing up, brought up by everybody is more what it says about the Cowboys' situation, specifically about Leighton Vander Esch. Um, yeah, I, I think, and I think as far as drafting him at seventeen, I think it's to me it's a reach. Mm-hmm. I would prefer Queen as a linebacker, um, and uh, again, like if if he ends up being the pick at seventeen. You know, what does this mean for Leighton Vanderush? Would and and I think we need to start throwing out the possibility. You know, is there a is there a possibility that the Cowboys would potentially draft Kenneth Murray and 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 Leighton Vanderush be fine? You know, is is there a yeah. possibility that they, they just like him and 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 they want to take him and regardless of whether Leighton Vanderush is you know, 100% back or not. I, 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 these are all things that I've been thinking about and, and less about <laughs> the player himself. I, it's just interesting to me because um, uh, I think that there's a better linebacker, an off-ball linebacker available. Uh, I think uh, there's I think, two. I, I, yeah, I think, well, if you're going to call Bond that, I think sure. Bond is potentially better that, in that scenario as well. Uh, I, I think that, the, the, like I said, the, the interesting part about what it says about Leighton uh, but I also it makes me curious to to think what you know what's what are the odds that Leighton's healthy? They think he's healthy, and they're still interested in drafting him. Uh, that that kind of fascinates me as well. As long as the final thing I'll say is that this to me this particular interest here, uh, and I don't know anything, but it seems like chum to me, and and, and just because of the timing of a lot of all of this, you know, like. 
we heard birdies talking about this a lot lately and then the other people's birdies are talking about it all at the same time it feels i I don't know my spidey sense gives me the idea that it's chum maybe i'm wrong maybe we end up picking him at 17 in a few weeks but i I don't know it seems like it's potentially chum because only the cowboys know what the status is of leighton vander esch so maybe teams will, will buy this and think oh they're drafting a replacement linebacker for him I, I don't know how to weigh this because I heard back, this is probably in February, that the Cowboys uh, mm-hmm. were really big fans of uh, Murray's tape. They love the, the person. Uh, a guy there's, a just cut, there's a difference between that right. and like yes. you know like having interest in drafting him at 7. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Like, Correct. Th- there could be a dual purpose of liking the kid and liking his tape and then using that as chum to continue to th- make people think that they're taking him at Murray. You know, I mean – it's equally as likely, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm just having a hard time deciding where I fall. On, do they love him as a pick at 17? Are they just trying to get other teams you know, behind them that maybe need yeah. linebackers like the Raiders to maybe jump them? I don't know. Um, I, I would be really disappointed if that was the pick. But I will say this. When you look at the the visits the Cowboys have, I mean, not even visits, whatever you want to call these, does it not look like a list of guys that they could potentially trade down for? Like, if you look at it sure. that way, doesn't it like Zach Bond, Justin Matabuke, Marlon Davidson even, T. Higgins, doesn't that all feel like a screen? Or Denzel Mims, Kristen Fulton, it screams to me, hey, we want to be prepared if we move down to 28, 29. We, we, we want to make sure that we know who the best guys available are. I mean, that's at least my initial reaction here. If let's say Chase on and CJ Henderson are gone. Would you agree with that? I guess my overall question is how much coordination is there between football operations and the media team at the Dallas Cowboys website? A lot. Because I, I think there's think, a lot. I think there is too. So it, We've seen this in the past. Like a perfect here, here's, example here's, is the 2016 one, right? Yeah. Where they let, they let the media talk to DeForest Buckner and Carson yeah. Wentz quite a bit, knowing full well that the Cowboys were not going to take either of those guys at yeah. number four. I, and see, here's the thing. I, you know, the, the, if you, okay, keeping that in mind with that reality, the conspiracy theorist in me says the Cowboys are letting the world know that they think that they're trading back uh, uh, to get these picks. Is the idea here that they're trying to get a better deal to trade down? Because they're they're giving the world the opinion that they already have a deal on the table, and if and if and if you want to come up to their spot at seventeen to get like That's I don't know Jordan Love or 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 the fifth offensive tackle or something, uh, you know that that you're going to need to give them a pretty decent deal to get to get that spot. I, I have I, I I will just say if that's the idea, I think it's pretty foolhardy because really, I, I have a feeling that there's going to be multiple teams trying to look <laughs> to bail to move down. But and I think that the the market for trying to move down, it's it's gonna you're gonna have a cheaper market trying to move up this year I think than than other years because Can I don't I, also, I, go ahead. I I just think that the, the it's it's teams are dying to bail to bail out at their picks I think that you're gonna have a lot of suitors if you want to move up. Can I also say that you can trade down in the draft almost anytime you want? I know a lot of people think that you know this is. You know, if the phone's not ringing, you know, you, you just you got to stand in there and pick. You can trade down wherever you want. You might not get the same value uh, yeah. that you want. Like, you could drop – if the Cowboys wanted to right now, they could drop down from 17 to 23 and pick up a fourth-round pick if they wanted to. Sure, you're going to lose on the trade the, value the chart, value. but yeah. but you can yeah, move I, down whenever. That's the thing is really is how much do you – I mean, if do you want to adhere to that? So, 
Um, yeah, for me, I, I, I'm wondering if they're at least getting the idea in the out into the you know media sphere. Ever since they figured out that the teams were watching their you know stuff, I mean, I think Brian Broaddus talks it all the time, like you know other teams, GMs, that they thanks for giving us. Sure. The, I think for the last three years, they've been chumming Brian Broaddus and a lot of these guys pretty hard. Uh, sort I of, think, but we but we kind of knew last year Tristan Hill was the target, right? The year before sure. that, who was? Yeah. I mean, Van Resch before that. Yeah, but I, you know, you find out late, and and I also think that they've done it different ways each year, and I've been waiting for them to do it like kind of for this air, like you know, because look, you start hearing Kenneth Murray exactly to the day, two weeks before the draft, which is like the official start of lying season. You know, like, I, I, you heard that stuff way back in February. I know that, I mean, we, we talked about that. But mm-hmm. I, I'm saying, like, you know, to the larger media folks, and, and, and let's keep in mind, Broaddus himself isn't even with DallasCowboys.com anymore. So, like, the loyalty there, I mean, they, they're still friends, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, feeding yeah. it to the 105.3 fan people is different than feeding it to their own people in-house, right? Sure, yeah. I, 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 I think that, I just wonder if, they understand at some point they figured out their own methodology of releasing information to the media and changed it and used it to to throw people off the trail i i've been waiting for that you know trigger in this last you know because you're right the, the last few drafts we've gotten that kind of you know last minute hey uh you know uh, what about what this about guy, this guy? What about yeah, this yeah. guy we've never spoken about for the last 3 weeks and uh, i definitely didn't get told by somebody you know it's just like Maybe this is the year they figure out, hey, this is that last little bit of, 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 of this is the last thing that we haven't kind of tried to fool people with yet. Maybe maybe this is the year that they give they they, they swap it out, get people thinking one way. And, you know, because look, I mean, that's the other thing, I mean, not to go on and on about this, but there's so many angles. You're also trying to fend off teams that are thinking about trading up over you to get guys like C.J. Henderson and, and, and Clavon Chasen and all these guys. So there's there's value in, especially this year more than maybe other years, really throwing people off the scent of what you're doing at 17 because I think you've got – if you want to go down, you want to get a good deal. If you want to stay at 17 or at least have someone fall to you, you don't want people to know that you're taking C.J. Henderson and Chase on. Like you're, or you at least want to muddy the waters because you don't want to ha- – what happened you know, several years ago where you get someone like the Eagles jumping in front of you and taking the guy you want. Right. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, I Here's what I would say. Pay attention to what happens over the next week. Because this is typically the week where if you hear a steady drumbeat about one player throughout an entire week, it typically means the Cowboys have a lot of interest. Now, they could be sandbagging us a little bit here. But we'll, we, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll do our best to kind of parse through a lot of this information. Um, let's take a quick break, and we'll talk about Clemson wide receiver T. Higgins. All right, Landon. Um one trend that I've kind of noticed over the last uh, couple of weeks or so is the Cowboys are doing a lot of due diligence on some of the bigger receivers in the draft. And that's a little surprising to me uh, because you look at their needs at receiver and you would think, okay, maybe they need a, a speedy slot guy or, you know, the, the Cole Beasley type of possession receiver. Uh, instead, they've looked at Denzel Mims. And then yesterday they interviewed T Higgins. Um, Higgins is not a great athlete, ran a one six six ten yard at his pro day. Uh, ran like a low or high four fives, you know, low four sixes, uh, bad jumps, but this is a guy that can win with the balls in the air, uh, can win in the red zone. What do you think about Dallas's potential interest in T Higgins? Uh, you know, I'm, 
I don't know that it's very. I don't know that this is the kind of player that the Cowboys are super interested in. You know, I think this is one of the names that potentially we're getting thrown because it, it, it's it's you know they, they can call an unlimited amount of these guys, right? Like, hey, Eagles, look what receiver we're looking at. Yeah. Come on yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, look, look at our look at Alshon Jeffrey over here coming yeah, into a, a, a better our, better JJ Arcega Whiteside. Yeah, Come on over. Yeah. So uh, yeah, and, and again, you know, look, I mean, I think you're trying to throw people off the scent you're trying to you know entice people uh, like we just said with this last conversation I, I think that there's a lot of gamesmanship happening with a lot of this stuff so uh yeah i i, I don't I, t higgins is not the type of wide receiver i think this team is looking for and i don't think no. it means not 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 because he's a you know a quote-unquote outside receiver versus an inside receiver but more because he's just not a great route runner i don't think he fits the athletic profile that they like to fit with wide receivers um, so, uh, yeah, I, I don't know that he's, uh, so much, uh, a realistic option. Uh, and then the other guy was Mims you mentioned. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. Mims, obviously, uh, I, the other, I feel opposite. I feel like he is absolutely in play. I mean, I, I, I don't think, I think that there's, I think we've all been very myopic onto the idea that we need a slot receiver because we lost our slot receiver. Um, but I think that. Like I said, you can run that position by committee, especially when you have a guy like Cooper who can run, you know, tons of routes and is fantastic from the slot. Uh, I also think that you know you'll, we could start seeing Gallup running from the slot a little bit more this year. Uh, I think that there's been talk about that, and then you know the, all, all the things we talked about with Pollard and and, and mm-hmm. Jarwin and other guys as well. Uh, so I, I think that you know uh, drafting a guy who like Mims, who's been mostly a, an outside receiver or basically all only an outside receiver at Baylor, that shouldn't rule them out, you know, because they, they'll yeah, definitely be able to find that, find ways to get that guy in the field in three receiver packages, putting him, you know, out at the Z or at the X. And maybe they, you know, they slowly bring him along to, in some slot stuff so you can have all three of your guys kind of just all find spots that, that you know, versus, you know, defensive backs and, and find, uh, uh, you know, mismatches and that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I think to me that's one of the ones where, they're probably just doing their due diligence. They know that the pro day hurt him. But if he's there in the third round, I think you want to at least have enough information about, you know, where he's at in terms of, you know, learning different schemes and that kind of stuff where I, I have a hard time believing this is somebody the Cowboys are going to draft. But uh, we shall see. Um, one last one, Landon. Uh, the Cowboys on Wednesday uh, met with Raekwon Davis, the Alabama defensive lineman, six foot six, 311 pounds, uh, and I don't think he can play. Any thoughts on him? <laughs> uh, you know, he went to Alabama. So well, there you uh, go. That's congratulations. Get, that'll get you drafted. Yeah, that'll get he, you drafted. He was, if I remember correctly, a very, very sought after uh, uh, high school recruit. I mean, I think yeah, he, he was, was like one, one or two in the country at the time. Yeah, yeah, he was like top five in the country when he came out when he graduated. So, um, you know, and that's the thing is, if you follow these sort of things, and I don't follow them closely, but I usually get the names every year of who the top, you know. 50 are and then just kind of scan through them and you see them pop up again obviously you know mm-hmm. but it's crazy how many times you know you you'll memorize the top five high school recruits names and then never hear them again or hear uh, of yeah. only yeah. one out of those five so that just shows you the distance that you have to travel just to get from high school to the nfl you know it's it's 
And I think that there's value in, in, in keeping tabs of those guys because at some oh, point sure. like, those kids are valuable athletes and maybe their college experience was problematic. And maybe those those guys, I think, are the guys who can end up being better pros than, than, uh, than college players, those those type of players. But it's it's just surprising if you look at the how much how many players fall off from that list uh, between high school and the NFL. Yeah, I think they said there's an average of like two five-star recruits every – or two – four or five star recruits every year that aren't drafted basically if you're a highly regarded high school recruit you're going to get drafted even if you didn't do anything in college i remember uh bryce butler he had 400 career receiving yards in college but he was a five-star recruit so he got drafted in the seventh round you're going to get drafted if you're that high Uh, i think raekwon davis is going to be a top 100 pick i I just don't hope it's my team um but let's take another quick break and we will be right back Welcome back. We have a special treat for you on today's podcast. We are going to play the first portion of the 2020 Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special. This project is the culmination of every host on the Locked On Podcast Network's NFL channel and many of the hosts of the college channel. It includes insights from the Draft Network, from the hosts of the NFL uh, Locked On Draft Series, uh, and also the Draft Dudes. Now, this isn't a mock draft of predictive stuff for what we think is going to happen uh, instead, this is a mock draft of what we would do is if we were the general managers. So there's going to be trades. There's going to be surprises. Uh, we have our own little surprise for you for the Cowboys at pick 17. Uh, our college host provided player profiles of all the players selected in the mock draft. And all 32 NFL teams are featured, even the teams without a first-round selection. The mock draft special started on Friday, April 10th, and is airing all the way through Friday, April 17th. Be sure to subscribe to the Locked On NFL podcast on Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify so you do not miss a show. And if you do, just go back in the archive and find it. It's not that hard. Uh, So without further ado, here is the 2020 Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special. They've been playing the game their entire life. From the playground... From exercise and eat right. Don't forget 60 minutes of play a day, right? I'm playing the NFL. Yes, sir. I'm drafting number one. Maybe. To their high school. Let's hear it, gentlemen. Clear eyes, full hearts. Let's go play some football. Let's go. To the university. We have 95 players here, so accomplished as athletes in high school. We gave them full scholarships to the best football program in the country. Now, their lives are about to change. Forever. Become your mom's favorite player. Whoa. This is Locked On NFL. And this is the Locked On Podcast Network Mock Draft. Welcome to the 2020 Locked On NFL Mock Draft special. Brian Peacock here alongside former NFL scout Matt Williamson. We will take you through the first round plus in a network-wide mock draft, all 32 teams represented, even those without first-round picks. Hosts making picks for the teams they cover, our friends from the college side of the network with profiles on each one of these prospects that get selected in the Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special, why they are considered worthy of first-round selections, and analysis from my co-host Matt Williamson, as well as Draft Dudes Kyle Krabs, and Joe Marino, and the Locked On NFL Draft crew, Trevor Sikama and Ben Solak. If you're listening to this kickoff episode on a team-specific podcast, you can follow along all week, every pick, throughout round one, 
On the Locked On NFL channel, teams are talking trades, so you may not know exactly where your team ends up selecting. We'll conclude this draft next Friday, checking in with those teams in round two who didn't select in the opening stanza, some of which might jump into round one before it's all finished, and recapping everything that went down all week long. Matt, I'm pumped. Are you ready to do this thing? I'm very ready to do this thing. This is a very cool event. I think people will enjoy it. We've had so many new subscribers since last year that didn't get to enjoy it. So you're in for a treat. You're in for a wild ride and a really well put together whole situation here starting right now. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was one of the most popular. It was the most popular show on the NFL side of the network last year. And I expect it to be even bigger and better. And the way things are right now in the world and wherever you are listening to this podcast, I hope you are well. And I hope this is something fun for you to listen to all week long. Matt, as the Cincinnati Bengals go on the clock with the opening selection in the Locked On NFL mock draft, you've been through this. What are teams doing in preparation, the final days and minutes leading up to the first pick for those specific teams? Well, this year, who the heck knows? I mean, <laughs> I'm sure that there's things like, you know, the, the electronics or the IT people are coming to everyone's homes to make sure everything works, checking, double-checking, doing all that kind of stuff. We mentioned before, you know, maybe you could run mock drafts in terms of let's try to just do a, a whole walkthrough basically of how this thing's going to work. If we're going to make a trade, who's in charge of calling this team, et cetera, et cetera. But honestly, in, olden, in the olden days and the not 2020 draft, most of the hay is in the barn really a day or two before the draft. I mean, you might be calling – agents of your favorite people to make sure that prospects didn't fall down the stairs or that knee that you're worried about isn't <laughs> flaring up. But for the most part, things should be done a couple days before the draft. Let's check in with some of our analysts here on the network. We have a pair of NFL draft shows, draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs of the Draft Dudes podcast, and let me just tell you, as a couple of Draft Dudes, we are really excited for this Locked On Podcast Network draft simulation where each host is going to make the picks for their team, and uh, I know it's not the real thing, but it's pretty damn close, and this draft promises to be very exciting with all the dynamics between the teams with multiple first-round picks and all the quarterbacks. So, Kyle, uh, I'm sure you're just as excited as I am. Yeah, the big mystery here is, from the quarterback perspective, how many can we get to go early? And then the other fascinating subplot is, when does the offensive tackle run start, and how fast does it go? Because there's generally considered to be four top offensive tackles. There's generally considered to be three top quarterbacks. Maybe a fourth with Jordan Love if he sneaks in there remains to be seen. And the order of all seven of those players who are feasibly top 12 talents coming off the board is going to be a really interesting scenario to see how it actually plays out here. I think just as interesting as the offensive tackle discussion is the wide receiver. Everybody knows this is a really deep and talented crop of receivers, but there's really exciting guys at the top of the board. You know, could we see six, seven, eight guys go off the board in the first round? When does that run start? And uh, who are those late first round guys that uh, teams that, you know, like the Packers or or like the Saints and Eagles and, and Vikings, who do they get if they are a, a left kind of picking the later half of those top tier pro prospects? So 
uh, offensive tackles, quarterbacks, wide receivers. The NFL is a passing league, and you can tell that this um, this draft is going to really help these offenses be more dynamic. Yeah, it's a deep class, and we're going to have a lot of opportunities to see players that in a typical class are probably off the board by 20. They might be lingering here in the late first round, early second round. So lots to look forward to, lots to get into. Looking forward to see how these teams start their drafts. Hey, everybody, Trevor Sikama and Benjamin Solak from the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast here with you. Excited to go on this journey of the Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special. Ben, this is going to be a lot of fun. There's so many things that could happen in this mock draft. What are you looking forward to most? Yeah, it's always nice when you're able to get 32 guys, each of whom knows their team as well as the host in the Locked On Podcast Network do, and they can control for their pick. And then you have the freedom for things like trade negotiations as the pick comes off the board. You have the ability for surprises as each individual analyst focuses on their guys. I think, number one, we're not. it's not going to be a typical mock. It's not going to be like what we no, see definitely when not. only one person controls all 32 teams. There's going to be a lot more aggressive moves, so I expect to see – Big trade-ups, I expect to see surprising picks, yep. and that's that's the reality with these. When you're controlling just that one team, you go and get your guy. That's what we see in the league. I guess that's what we'll be seeing in this mock as well. I'm really interested to see how the offensive tackles go here in the first round because it's just the possibilities are endless. We saw that in our guest mock draft series that we're doing on our podcast, but I mean, what other positions are, are big ones? Quarterback, wide receiver, probably, right? Well, I think, yeah, I think that when you're making these sorts of picks and it's it's catered to your audience for your podcast, you're tempted sometimes to go for those sexier positions. And the sexy position in this draft is undoubtedly wide receiver. So to me, I'm really interested to see. We know the big three will come off the board and Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, and Henry Ruggs. Who's wide receiver four? Who's wide receiver five? And just how many can we fit in this first round? Ooh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Ben and I are going to be back with you recapping a lot of these picks throughout the mock draft. I'm very excited, so let's get it started. Okay, Matt, we're here. The Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock. Is there any doubt what the Bengals should do here? They earned the right through their poor play in the 2019 season to be drafting number one overall on everybody's list. It seems to be the same name, the same prospect that should go first overall. If their phone is ringing, should they even be answering it, or do they know who the pick will be with the first overall selection in this draft? I mean, you answer it, and if someone offers you a godfather-like offer, you consider it, and you still might not even say yes. I mean, I think Burrow is the super prospect. He would go first in almost every draft, you know, nine out of ten years. That's a gift, and the Bengals need it. He's an Ohio guy. They need to sell tickets. They need to sell jerseys. The offense that he falls into isn't in that bad a shape as first overall selections go. So I think it's kind of too good to be true. All right. With that, this draft is underway. Let's go to the hosts of Locked on Bengals and get the pick for Cincinnati. Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. The first overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Cincinnati Bengals easily and without second thought select Joe Burrow. In fact, Joe, we received no calls in the war room for the number one pick. I guess everyone just knows not to ask. And I don't think we would have considered any offers anyway. So we make this pick. This pick has really been made since maybe be late December when the Bengals lost to the Miami Dolphins in week 16 of the regular season and clinched their first overall pick. Joe Burrow went on a tear in the playoffs after that, and the Bengals will finally get a franchise quarterback. 
First time they've drafted number one since 2003 when they drafted Carson Palmer out of USC. They're in that position again. The roster has been turned over on the defensive side through free agency. And I think they're looking at this squarely of saying our Super Bowl window opens again if we draft Joe Burrow number one in 2020. That's right. The Bengals don't just spend money to spend money. This is a strategic injection of funds into the defense to make themselves competitive while they have Joe Burrow on his rookie deal for five years. He's, of course, expected to come in and be a day one starter in Cincinnati. Andy Dalton is still on the roster, but will not be on the roster by the time training camp comes around. He might not even be on the roster by the time the draft is finished. We are looking openly to trade Andy Dalton for whatever assets we can recover. And if that doesn't work out, he'll be cut before Joe Burrow shows up for rookie camp or for the first offseason activity that we're allowed to hold with these rookies this summer. Joe, how much better does Joe Burrow make this team? Well, the quarterback is the most important position. And I think we're looking at a guy coming off a historic college football season that many have said is the best passing performance throughout a whole season in the history of college football. What does he do better than Andy Dalton? Andy Dalton has been the Mendoza line for starting quarterbacks in the league for a long time. And I feel like all of the skills you look for typically when you look at college quarterbacks, usually they are the big guys with the strong arms going near the top. And you say, can they function in the pocket? Do they have accuracy? How's their IQ? How's their processing? Uh, How do they do off script? All the questions you normally go into tape asking with Joe Burrow, those are all the answers you have with him based on tape and based on what he showed this past year. All of those things are not in question. He has them in spades. It's the arm strength, right? That's the only area you really question. And I would say it's very similar to Andy Dalton. So it should be an upgrade in almost every area of quarterbacking other than that. And that's okay because when you look at the best quarterbacks in the league over the last 20 25 years, whether it's Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or Drew Brees, they all had those other features in their game without having a cannon for an arm. Simply put, Joe Burrow is the most influential recruit in LSU football history. In leading the Tigers to the 2019 National Championship, Burrow was fantastic, shattering school records and setting national marks that may not be touched. 5,671 yards and 60 touchdown passes for Burrow while completing 76% of his passes. His arm strength won't wow you, but Joe Burrow makes up for it everywhere else. His decision-making is elite, just six interceptions on the 2019 season. He's the son of a coach and a film room junkie. There's a story about LSU beating Alabama, getting back to Tus- from Tuscaloosa to Baton Rouge, and when Joe Brady, the passing game coordinator, got to LSU football ops that night to go get the cut-ups of the film, Burrow had already beaten him there. Burrow has very underrated athleticism. Not only was he a high school quarterback, he was also a high school basketball player. And his ability to move the chains with his feet is something that many have overlooked throughout this process. Burrow is a fierce competitor whose teammates love him, who rises in the biggest moments. Should Joe Burrow stay healthy, he will have a long, prosperous NFL career as a franchise quarterback. This is Matt Moscona of Locked on LSU, your source for LSU and SEC content every day. All right, Matt, there's the pick. Joe Burrow goes number one overall to the Cincinnati Bengals, and there's a lot to like about Joe Burrow. I think maybe if you're nitpicking, you can find some knocks here and there about 
arm strength, which in some cases is completely overrated. And uh, I, I like what was said by many smart NFL people in the past that the quarterback position isn't so much played with your arm once you get to the NFL level. It's played from the neck up, and I think that's where Joe Burrow really shines. Yeah, absolutely. And he, he is a good athlete. He has a remarkable head and poise and confidence for the game, processing, accuracy. He does not have a power arm. And that worries me a little bit considering the area of the country he's going to when it's sleeting and windy and, you know, in the NFC North and late in the year. We'll see how he deals with that. But that by no means would slow me down from making such a pick. He's a tremendous prospect. More Locked On NFL Draft special coming up. The Washington Redskins are now on the clock with the second selection. 